apologize. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is paying 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movies, comic books, movies based on comic books. Excelsior! Video games, toys, TV shows. Professional wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> All the things you got made fun of for in high school. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? So grab your action figures, bag and board your comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to talk nerdy to me. Hello there, your favorite host in all podcasting, Obi-John Kenobi, coming to you with a blast from the past today, and I mean that literally and figuratively, because not only is this a show we haven't done for like three or four years, I am joined by a host who has just made his triumphant return last week, uh, coming to us all the way from Sunny Hill Valley, Hill Coming to us all the way from Sunny Hill Valley. There we go. Words are hard. Words are hard, yeah. Via his souped up, uh, all stainless steel time traveling DeLorean. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Doc. What's up? Wait, no, sorry. Hold on. What's up? Yeah, kids, he's a time traveler. He brought his catchphrase from the 90s. <laughs> you betcha. Who doesn't wow. love catchphrases from the 90s? Hey, I'm Jiggy with it. There it is. There it is. Uh, well, hang in. We're going to get Big Willie style all up in it this week. Uh, we're bringing back a format we haven't done in a while. This is Who Would Win? Uh, if you're a long-time listener, you might remember this show from, was it like three years ago? Three or four years ago. We see this, right, Jay? Long it's been a while. Ago. We used I... to do this as a show. Uh, basically, we are going to pit two fictional characters against each other and try to decide who would win in a fight. Um, it's going to be kind of like a legal case. We're going to present sides, and then to help us make the final vote, uh, first of all, you guys at home are going to weigh in. Uh, but to give us more of an immediate decision, joining us as our third-party impartial judge, the man who keeps the nerd and taught nerdy to me, Oh, beaming down from the NCC-1701, Commander Scott. Greetings and felicitations. And I will be keeping order in my court, just so you know. Uh-huh. What, oh, what hey, kind of order? Do, do you doubt me? We've done this before, all right? Oh, We've had, we've had to go through this before. <laughs> yeah, come on. This is the court of Walter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, when we used to do this, we used to do like three fights to an episode. Uh, we're not doing that this week. We're going to take a little more time on just one fight. Um, and this is one that I memory serves. So th- this was on the list to do back when this was a regular show. We never got around to it, but I thought it was too cool not to do. Uh, so we're dusting it off. I believe this was the Doc's idea. Uh, but this week, we're going to be pinning two master swordsmen up against each other we're going to debate who would win in a duel between el zorro and jack sparrow right on 
You're supposed to correct me and say Captain Jack Sparrow. Cap, sorry, Captain Jack. Sparrow. There you go. <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure this was your idea, Jay. Which is, it's a really good mashup. It's fun. I like it. It it I, it's been so long since we've done these. I don't remember which ones I. I guess came up with or didn't come up with, but I do enjoy this one because it brings up some very interesting points. So who is advocating for which sides here? I believe I am arguing for El Fox. I'm sorry, El Fox is not one of the sorry. options. Zorro. Ah, okay. Better. And I will be on the side of Captain Jack Sparrow due to my French pirate lineage. French. So Jay's going to give up right now. Show's over. So you tongue kissed a bar wench? Yes. Is that the French pirate we're talking about here? I'm sorry. I I only did that after I told her that her face was poisoned. There's a a deep reference for you. Wow. Okay. No, 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 nobody, anybody? No, no. Do what now? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh. Well, I guess John, do you want to start with your? Well, so so before before we jump in, there's just some some ground rules and yeah. a little bit of explanation. Um. So in this debate, uh, I will be representing Zorro specifically. Zorro, as seen in the 1998 film The Mask of Zorro. Specifically, because there's two Zoros in that movie, <clears throat> I will be talking about Alejandro Marietta, aka uh, Antonio Banderas. Sorry, my mind blanked. Uh, <laughs> that is the specific version of Zorro I'll be defending. It's not like all of Zorro. We're not going back to like the old black and white TV show or the comics or any of that kind of thing. Specifically, that version of Zorro. And the doc we'll be talking about Captain Jack Sparrow as seen specifically in Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. So we're not going to be getting into any of the sequels, just Jack as presented in that film. Uh, That was to kind of keep the playing field a little bit level so we're not doing... uh, Well, in issue number blah, blah, blah of the Image Comics Zorro, he does this thing. Like We're we're not going to get into that level. Uh, We're just going to go as presented. And there are also three categories we'll be competing these characters against. Uh, They are swordplay or fencing, acrobatics, and resourcefulness are the three key things about these people we'll be playing off of. Um, to try to keep things fair. And at the end of each round, Scott will kind of weigh in on who he he will award a point to whichever combatant he feels is better in those three areas. Uh, and hopefully, at the end of that, we'll have our winner. Um, so I do take uh, bribe, by the way. Just just so you know. <laughs> um, uh, great. It's a hung jury already. <clears throat> no, no, I'm not that hung. Uh, I'm not average. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. Okay, uh, I'm just going to ignore that and move on. So, Scott, if at any point in time you want clarification or don't understand something or or want us to expand on something a little bit more, feel free to jump in. You are our impartial jury, basically. Um, So we're here to make you happy. Um, Yeah, those are the ground rules. I I think that's... Am I forgetting anything, Doc? 
I think we're good. Okay. Well. Okay. I guess then, without further ado, let's get ready to sword fight. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. Um, Jay, did you want to go first? Or I can go first. So, what was our first category? Was so our first category is uh, sword play slash fencing. Right. Um. Well, I guess I'll kick it off. Um, okay. We see Captain Jack. We only get to see him sword fight twice in Black Pearl. However, during one sword fight, he is going against what I would argue is a better swordsman uh, in Orlando Bloom's character. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, That's Will. Will Turner. From uh, So Will is actually a blacksmith's apprentice, but he is the one that has been making the swords. And of course, in order to make the swords, he has to know how to use the swords. Um, and we see Captain Jack hold his own very well against what I would consider a better swordsman. So we can say that Captain Jack does know how to handle himself and how to handle his sword. I felt like that was a euphemism. It was. Okay. A euphemism? Uh, and I I do well, and then when he when he has a sword fight with Barbosa, I he does resort to other things, but we'll get into that when we get to resourcefulness. Okay. So you, that's my point. So, I, okay, okay. Um <clears throat> so uh, Zorro, the fox in Spanish. Uh, now you learned something. <clears throat> uh, we see, and again, specifically this version, uh, Alejandro. He is the predecessor or the successor to the original OG Zorro. Uh, he is trained by a master swordsman. And in fact, there's a good section of the movie where we just see him training uh, in all aspects of being Zorro. But once he gets out into the field, in almost every instance in this film, he is fighting against superior numbers. Uh, there's an entire sequence where he ends up raiding the barracks of the local army, and he's fighting like several dozen guys at once. Um, so he's always, you know, the numbers are never on his side. He's always against the ropes when it comes to, he's always outnumbered. Um, so to combat this, not only is he relying on his blade, he uses his environment as a weapon and quite uh, creatively in some cases. Uh, he uses the cell doors of a prison to disarm multiple opponents at once. He throws cannonballs at people uh, and shows a propensity for dual wielding. Uh, multiple times throughout multiple of these uh, of these fights does he end up uh, fighting multiple opponents literally at the same time. Um, he is apparently ambidextrous with the sword. This guy, it's, it's, the sword is an extension of his body. He doesn't even think. It just happens he is that great with a sword um, versus a drunk who fights a kid. Now, all right. You you don't need to resort to name calling and and you know being demeaning. Sorry, because, sorry, alleged alcoholic. Because if I'm not mistaken, 
doesn't the real Zoro's successor give way to his master when it comes down to actually getting into a sword fight with somebody who is capable? Does what? <laughs> At no, you end, were breaking up. I couldn't hear you. Oh, sorry. At the end of the movie, doesn't the Zoro's successor, Antonio Banderas, um, yeah. give up fighting against a superior swordsman and ends up instead sword fighting with the captain, uh, the U.S. captain? Okay, the captain is no slouch. The captain is a trained military leader, and it's not he gives up the fight. It's that these two men, at this point in the story, have their own vendettas to play out. <clears throat> and Alejandro goes to fight the man who slaughtered his brother and best friend and lets Don Diego take on the guy that killed his wife and stole his daughter. It has nothing to do with, I can't handle this fight. It's, this isn't my fight. This is your fight. Yeah, I, I will interject here. Um, uh, it's it's kind of off point from the fight, but... Uh... That movie really is almost masterfully written in its structure, just just because of stuff like that. It's, it's just really great. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You're the judge. We're in your court, bro. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it, it's not that he couldn't beat an old man. It's that he's like, no, this isn't my fight. You go ahead and take it. And in fact, it's in that fight at the end <clears throat> where he defies expectations and carves an M on the captain's cheek from Murrieta. Because it's about vengeance at that point. Well. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I'll bring up this point as far okay. as sword, sword play is concerned. All right. If Jack Sparrow can hold his own mm-hmm. as Captain Jack Sparrow while inebriated, just mm-hmm. imagine how well he would do sober. I feel like he'd do worse sober because I feel like he's the kind of drunk that has to have a couple of drinks in the morning just to get going. Well. Sure, but <laughs> he's still. Uh, my point is that what mm-hmm. he's doing un- inebriated mm-hmm. is still at a high skill, and Will Turner is no slouch either when it comes to swords. I mean, Will Turner had no training. Will Turner just says, "I practice with them." He never says who he was trained by. So literally, all we know is he makes swords. And then he does the thing we all did as kids and totally don't do anymore, uh, where you jump around the room and fake sword fight. But he's pretty good at it. Against a drunk who broke into his shop, sure. No, he does the get The first into- time Will rushes off to combat, he gets knocked unconscious in like three seconds. Right, but he does hold his own later in the film. Okay. Uh, and the, yeah. Look, yeah. I'll give you... Jack is uh, a not impressive swordsman. He's just not a master swordsman, which is what Zoro is. Mm. He could be a master something. <laughs> no, what were you saying about not making, uh, uh, calling people names earlier? What? What's that? No. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're done. Scott, who are you going to award your point to for swordplay and fencing? So, when it comes to swordplay and fencing, um, first of all, uh, your your comments earlier, uh, Obi John, about uh, Zoro, you know, utilizing his environment and uh, the cannonballs and disarming several men, 
Uh, I, I will have to say that would probably fall a little bit under the resourcefulness aspect, so probably should be talked about there. Okay, I can talk but, about it again. That's fine. That's fine. But so that, that doesn't play into swordplay. But okay. you are completely right. He he does dual wield two blades and holds his own against two completely different foes, appearing almost ambidextrous. So I got to give him that. Um, you he's know, always fighting against uh, greater numbers, uh, multiple people. Um, the only time I mean we we see Jack Sparrow fighting with a sword, um, um, several times. You know. Throughout the series, and I know we're only looking at the first one, but his fighting style seems to be, you know, very almost like a bit of a brawler when it comes to his sword fighting style. Um, whereas Zoro is trained by a, you know, a master swordsman, and he in himself, at you know, becomes a master swordsman. I'm gonna have to give the sword play point to Zoro. Haha. <laughs> Uh, I mean, very, I would, very well, very well. I would, uh, I would have to agree that that Zoro is the better uh, swordsman, completely. I will concede one point though. Jack is very great. Uh, the, the scene in in Pirates where he and Will are dueling each other, and they actually take into account footwork in a a fencing uh, uh, sword fight. You never see that in movies. Uh, that scene up until the poor point where they play seesaw on the the one wheeled cart uh, up until that point amazing uh, uh fencing scene just want to uh, tip my hat to competition well, i i will uh i i would i would have to i i'm, I'm really having to bite my tongue here because I, I keep i keep wanting to actually debate and and that's, that's not my function <laughs> um i would have to say that would play in very well um to a different aspect hint, not hint, not, hint, not hint, the sword play yeah anyway so right. on to category number two which is acrobatics acrobatics okay. these are two stalwart uh, uh examples of the uh, uh, all too forgotten about subgenre of swashbuckling, and if you're going to buckle some swash, uh, you have got to <laughs> get your cardio in. Uh, so, in the tradition of Errol Flynn and and uh, um, um, I, I can't remember names now. Yeah, we'll go Errol Flynn, uh, <laughs> Douglas Fairbanks. There we go. And in that tradition, we're going to look at the acrobatic prowess of both Zorro. And Captain Jack. Uh, Jay, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, like right. like you said, there is the scene where they are teeter-tottering on the, uh, the cart, I believe, uh, while still having this sword fighting going on. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Curse of the Black Pearl, but I remember believe that there's also some high wire balancing act conducted by Jack Sparrow while sword fighting Will Turner other than the uh, cart. Well, there's, there's the initial scene where he's, you know, thing and they're, they're up in the rafters. Yes. That, yes. It, like I said, it's been a while. 
Um, but I also recall that this isn't technically his sword fighting prowess, but um, when he manages to escape the guards, uh, and he tells them that this was, that was the moment you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Now, while I will agree that some of it was probably alcohol-induced luck, he still <laughs> does a lot of swinging around on that crane, missing gunfire, and then eluding being captured momentarily. So I would say that, you know, when it comes to aerobatics, Jack Sparrow, even under the influence, still has it got it. He's got it going on. Well, not not to not to help your argument along, but don't forget, you know, his uh um uh taking of the uh the 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 second ship, not the first ship. Uh, he takes the uh 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 the interceptor. The interceptor, thank you. Because he's he's trying to convince them that he's making ready the large ship yep. and they make ready the interceptor for him. Um and uh you know that 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 whole you know the whole swinging over onto the ship is some some pretty decent uh, swashbuckling i guess you could you could say that would you say that i would say that also later do they don't they get boarded by the black pearl I'm trying to remember if the interceptor gets boarded Yes, because he he's with the monkey, the monkey named Jack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because then they end up sinking the interceptor. But yes, there's also some good acrobatics there. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep, I just want to make sure you had everything out. Uh, so, um, once again, uh, Zorro uh, Alejandro owes a lot of his prowess in this to his his predecessor, his master, uh, Don Diego de la Vega, which just rolls off the tongue and it's fun to say. Um, <laughs> part of his training, in addition to the sword, is literally a ropes course in the cave, uh, because Zorro... Uh, had a secret layer in a cave before it was cool. Suck at Batman. Um, when in which he swang from ropes and and uh, did other, again, things to up his agility uh, and his acrobatic prowess. We see him ziplining. We see him parkouring before parkour was a thing off of rooftops and uh, uh, buildings. Uh, and most importantly, when it comes to Zoro and acrobatics, his other weapon, uh, his whip, which he uses not only as a weapon, but in fact, I think most uh, uh, often, more, more often than not, uh, we see Alejandro using the whip as an extension and as a swing and a rope uh, to get himself in and out of situations, to climb uh, out of uh, out of reach areas, things like that. Uh, Alejandro doesn't use his the whip so much as a weapon as he does a tool. Uh, one difference between him and Don De La Vega, um, who's much more comfortable using the whip as a weapon. Um, so. <clears throat> having that ready tool on him, uh, uh, Zoro is very uh, nimble, uh, gets himself in and out of lots of situations uh, using that whip, and is very comfortable, uh, again, parkouring before parkour was a thing. 
uh, he leaps from rooftops and and uh, uh, catwalks and and uh, uh, balconies. There's a word I'm looking for. Uh, chandeliers, anything. He is um, he is a nimble little minx. Sorry, nimble little fox. <laughs> That's all I got. Oh, I was gonna say in. I mean, I understand jumping from a balcony or through a window or swinging from a chandelier. Mm-hmm. He that is very acrobatic. How many of those instances could end up in him drowning? Uh, well, he's on land the whole movie, so right. So yeah. I would I would argue the fact that the swashbuckling that Jack Sparrow does puts him in a greater amount of danger considering the terrain that he's that that on. doesn't mean it takes more or less skill just because if you fall into water versus if you fall three stories and break your leg you still have to be the same you know a certain level of, of agile to pull that move off and i argue there's no move jack sparrow can't pull off zero couldn't pull off in the same situation also jack doesn't have the uh I guess added bonus of constantly having a whip at his side, so he has to make do with what he has. Yeah, so wooden sword, a broken compass, and a gun with one shot. Well, hey, that one sword is yeah, not I'm wood. Not. Taking low blows, I know. The sword is not wood. Thank you very much. Point of order, <laughs> objection. Sorry, I got carried away. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is that. Yes, you can do the same things, but like if you have a tool to assist you in that constantly, it will make it easier for you to look cool to do it. Also, Zoro also never had to hold a young, half-naked woman hostage to pull off any cool swashbuckling moves. Jack had to say, "Well, that you know, he rescued her first, right." Well, he wanted the gold, but he rescued her. <laughs> but he didn't know about the gold until right. after he rescued her. The rescuing was a truly altruistic act. Yeah, we're not we're not arguing motivations here. It's just the cool, cool flip you do. That's what we're arguing now. The flippy flips and the swingy swings. I mean, it's, when you think swashbuckling, you think pirate. That's all I'm saying. I think we're done, Scott. What do you got? I have to tell you, this one's a toughie. This one is very tough. Because on the one hand, yes, Zoro does do a lot of acrobatics. He can tumble with the best of them. <laughs> he can. He can. He 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 does, and he does it quite a bit. He he does one of the most beautiful tuck and rolls I've ever seen in a movie. Um, uh, and it, it plays well to his, uh, you know, to the to the to the fights and, and the fluidity of the fights and everything. However, you know, Jack Sparrow when he is doing his thing and he is. Swinging from blocks and tackles, and you know, uh, swinging around and catching something else to 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 get away, and and 
and the whole ziplining with handcuffs. Yeah, ziplining with handcuffs. His his swashbuckling. I have to say the actual the actual swashbuckling aspect of it is more entertaining, uh, and and very much Jack Sparrow. And um, I'm gonna have to give uh, the 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 acrobatics to Jack Sparrow. Woohoo! Sorry, sorry. Um, permission to approach the bench, Your Honor? Uh, denied. Okay. I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> off the record, I I totally agree on that one. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, Zora does some cool stuff, but when you're coming to pure acrobatics and swashbuckling, now Jack takes it. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. Zoro, you know, I mean, he can tumble and do a tuck and roll <laughs> like I've never seen before. But he kind of uses that repeatedly. He swings, you know, a few times, then goes into a tuck and roll and just kind of gets up. Jack Sparrow is all over the damn place. It's kind of like arguing Jack Sparrow's swordsmanship against Zoro. Somewhat, yeah. All right. Okay, so, that brings us to so we are now tied going into the last round. Uh, I love it when that ends up that way. Um, <clears throat> final topic we're going to debate between these two is their resourcefulness. Which is kind of a wide net to throw. So, yes. Jay, once again, start us off. Well, I mean, I can think of some specific examples, but also. To quote Jack Sparrow in the movie, he's a pirate. He's all about resourcefulness. He's not going to follow the rules. He's going to do what he can to gain the advantage. Uh, you know, stealing, using a boat as an air bubble to sneak on board one ship to convince everybody else to get make ready another ship for you to actually steal is pretty resourceful. Um, During the sword fight at the end with Barbosa, when he takes the gold and tosses it to Will Turner and shoots Barbosa because he has one gun with one shot that he's saving specifically for Barbosa, that's pretty resourceful. I mean, coming up with that plan on the spot, some of his plans are kind of rum-fueled plans, but plans nonetheless and he's going to take advantage of whatever situation he possibly can sea turtles mate don't forget the hair from his back yep hair from his back lashed him together it has nothing to do with the fact that it was a rum running island (laughs) nothing at all to do with the fact that it's rum runners going to that (laughs) island he lashed them together with hair from his back is. Trying to think of other situations, but I'm, I mean, I know he gets the best of Will Turner by basically cheating and doing his own thing. You mean by using the whole footwork thing as a distraction just to get himself close to the door? Yes. Okay, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. So, this is where it gets a little more complicated. So, give me a little bit of room here. Uh, So, prior to being a masked vigilante for the people, Alejandra Marietta 
was a thief and a con man. Which are skills that serve him when he does become the fox. Uh, so we see him, the first time we see him, he's he looks like he's being captured. It turns out it's an elaborate con um, to, to rob some people. Uh, that skill comes in handy later. I'll get to that point. Just remember that for now. Uh, Zoro's one of his biggest resources is not a skill or a weapon. It is literally the cause he fights for and the fact that he fights for the people. And the people love him. Even when he's disgraced and locked up in prison, the people still come to help Zoro. That's how uh, he gets out of prison at the beginning of the movie. Uh, the people come and help him. When Zoro does return, the the priest of the local church hides Zoro when he's on the run. The people are willing to help Zoro. The opening action scene, <clears throat> when uh, he's, he's uh, outnumbered and being shot at, the people are throwing elbows and rocks at the soldiers to help Zoro. He didn't even ask them to do it. It's just they love Zoro. So that is a resource you have to take into account when you're talking about Zoro. It's because of who the people see him as they want to help. And that opens up a whole lot of resources for him to use in his mission. The other big thing he has going for him, and I've already kind of touched on this, is anonymity. He wears a mask. People don't know who Alejandro Marietta are, but they know who Zoro is. So because of that, he can play both sides. Marietta ends up going in undercover, disguised as a nobleman, to gain intel on his enemies. They don't know they're talking to Zoro. They don't know they're laying out their entire evil plan to frickin' Zoro because they don't know that that's Zoro. Uh, kind of a big advantage, kind of a big resource to use right there. Um, I'm looking over my notes to make sure I didn't forget anything. Um, he he also... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm, yeah, I'm going yeah, to interject here a yeah. little bit because I think both you and Doc are arguing two different definitions of the word resourcefulness. Doc is arguing resourcefulness as the ability to use whatever happens to be around him at the time in an unconventional manner to gain victory, whereas you're talking about support mechanisms that he has okay okay let me let me retool so i talked about in the sword plant fencing area um zoro is a master of using his environment around him to get out of situations uh again i talked about uh using a cannon using cannon balls as weapon disarming multiple opponents at the same time by getting them to lock their swords inside of a, a cell door and then sliding it shut on them um Every, he's a ninja. Everything around him becomes a weapon, becomes a, a, a vault to leap off of, becomes something to use in his fight. Um, and literally, his environment, when he's on the run and needs someplace to hide to get away from the soldiers, he ducks into the local church. And because of who he is, because he's Zoro, the church lets him hide out there. So everything around him is 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 uh, a resource for him to use. Does that retool a little bit better? Yes, much. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I would okay. agree. Now you're now now you're both arguing the same point. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, Jack Sparrow calls on some very dated pirate traditions to get himself out of trouble <laughs> in asking for parlay. Parsley, parsnip, par... parlay. parlay. That's the one. <laughs> 
which I think is incredibly resourceful given the situation. Now you might say he did it to save his own neck, but who well, of us would not do something like that to save our own skin? Right. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, adding to the fact that he's okay. pretty resourceful. I, I guess I don't have anything else. <laughs> All right, then. I think we're done. <laughs> Cox, final verdict. Give us a vote. Put this thing to bed. Scott. Once again, it's okay. it's a... Once again, it's a tough one. They are both extremely resourceful fighters. Um, uh, you are completely correct. Zoro does use his environment to the best of his ability. You know, the cannonballs, uh, the swords in the door. One you didn't mention, but I do remember distinctly from the movie is when he uh, he cuts the huge map on the wall down to. Uh, oh yeah, forgot about yeah, that. To to cover up. To be fair, I'm working off notes I took like five years ago. So. <laughs> Uh, things of that nature. He he does work very well on the fly. Um, uh, but then again, you know, Captain Jack goes through, uh, you know, everything. You know, of course, all the stuff that, you know, the doc brought up uh, that he does, the whole interceptor thing, great, great use of resources, the boat to get over there, um, uh, distractions uh, he he is an extremely resourceful person as well um however i think in order i i, I don't want to call it a tie obviously because that's a bit of a cop out we need a vote here we need uh, we need a winner and since this is a fight that we are are debating who would win in a fight between these two characters uh, there is a point i think that uh, the doc brought up that tips it in uh, captain jack's favor and that comes to a point of uh, morality and honor. Captain Jack is a pirate. He will cheat. In fact, there's a whole line in in, in the first movie when uh, yeah when 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 uh, Will Turner says you cheated, looks at him, pirate. <laughs> what do you expect? Did, did did your honor miss the point where I talked about using a dual identity to literally spy on your enemy? I agree. Yes, he is. But that's that's going to go that route. No, 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 no. That's different. That's tactics. That's tactics. Uh, when he's in Zoro, when he is the fox, and he is engaging an opponent, he is a very honorable. He literally shoots a cannon at unarmed guys at one point. But not, and he doesn't kill any of them with it. He knows he what he knew he was. Because it's the PG 13 movie. (laughs) No, he did it as a distraction. You know that as well as I did, which is great for resourcefulness. But, uh, you know, Captain Jack would do anything to win. Captain Jack will hold a half naked girl hostage to win. He will cheat. He will do something that is completely dishonorable. Zoro literally win. cuts the wardrobe off of Catherine Zeta Jones, but whatever. Well, but he doesn't hold her hostage. He kind of does. Doesn't. No, no, he does. He does not. He uses her as a distraction. He doesn't take the immoral high ground, the dishonorable action. He is always honorable and he is always forthright because that was his training. So when it comes to this and resourcefulness, to win the fight, I would have to give it to Captain Jack. This whole court's out of order. <laughs> why, why is the rum gone? 
because you invited Jack. I'm, uh, I mean, you know, I, I came into this. I'll be honest. I came into this with some preconceived notions. I'm like, good lord, how would you know? I mean, because I was just thinking of the sword fighting, you know, and 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 everything. And yeah, yeah, a straight sword fight with no other options. Yeah, Zoro takes Captain Jack down because Jack fights with a. This is where I get to be nerdy for a second. Jack fights with a uh, uh, what's uh, it, it's not a cutlass. Um, it is a no, it's not a rapier. No, Jack. It's a type of uh, cutlass. It's a hanger sword, is what it's called. Um, and a standard cutlass is between twenty four and twenty seven inches in length, whereas a hanger sword is just a little bit longer. It usually reaches out to about thirty. And he uses this to to keep his opponents at bay because his primary point of sword fighting is to escape. He does not like to get into a sword fight to win the fight. He just does it to stall until he can find a way to escape. In fact, if you look at throughout the series, the only time he gets into protracted sword fights is because there's an object in the fight he needs to get a hold of. There's a, another reason he stays in the fight. Uh, any any time there's not something to keep him in the fight, he runs as quickly as possible because he's not a sword fighter. So in a straight up sword fight, Zoro beats him hands down, no no problem. Uh, but you know the doc made some very compelling arguments for his resourcefulness, and then again you know, the swashbuckling uh, that we talked about earlier. Uh, based on all three, uh, overall at the end of the day, I have to go with Captain Jack. Well, to win the fight. I mentioned the will of the people earlier. According to uh, my current poll on Facebook, Zoro wins out uh, out of 31 votes. He got 18 in the who would win factor. So that's Scott's judgment. Let us know at home who you think would have won. Zach or Zoro? Zach. Yeah. Jack or Zoro? <laughs> Ooh, sorry, Enjoy. I got this from Rum earlier. And uh, what day is it? Uh, well, Jason, thank you for being a sport and dusting off an old fight. Uh, this was fun. We might have to do it again. I know there's a whole list of stuff we never got to for the show. So we'll keep it up. Uh, let us know. Did you like this format? Do you want us to just keep doing it? Who do you want us to see pitting against each other? Uh, we'll take examples. So, according to Scott, Jack beats Zorro whatever uh <laughs> thanks for listening uh and yeah let us know what do you agree do you disagree why who else do you want us to see pit against each other do you want us to see it is this dumb should we just stop doing this i don't know uh but thanks for listening to this super special episode of taught nerdy 2 who would win <laughs>